the grounds of Camp Havenside are quiet. The trees sway in a light, light wind. A thicket twitches here and there. The twigs along the ground are broken. The cry of locusts rings through the air, settles placidly over the soil like a plague. The air is still. The earth is dark. Sam walks among the empty air. He walks atop the dark soil. And amidst them, Sam searches. Searches. For a garden. Searches for the love and the light and the voice he had read about. Heard about. If you haven't had your shame cleansed by his blood, then you're going to feel bad about yourself. It's, it's only natural. Searches between the setting sun and the tessellating stars for the fabric that holds them together. What is it that's going to try to distract you or bring you down? Try to get in the way of you connecting with God and spending this week with our Lord? Searches for the secret, the truth that was told to everyone else around him, but that he had somehow never discovered. I'm here to strengthen my faith to pray to God and listen for his reply so that I may know him better. Searches for the strength. The strength. This morning, church family, I ask you, are you up to it? Are you ready to meet that ask? Searches for God. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and rebuke in everything you put your hand to, until you are destroyed and come to sudden ruin because of the evil you have done in forsaking Him. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way and Oh, it'll get you. Sooner or later, that's bound to happen. Sam finds something else. Sam, would you believe me if I said that I hadn't been alone in the cabin? Night falls upon the camp. One day... You walk into the cabin, it's all empty, until BAM! It shows up right behind you and gets you. The locusts go quiet. The leaves go still. Is that so? Sure is. So should I be afraid? Oh, yeah. The trees continue to sway in the light. 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 Wind. Something horrible is in the woods, Sam.
CSW presents Hemophobia Coming October 29th everyone. I apologize for the shakeup. I'm currently dealing with something I'd like to keep private at the moment, and the result of that is just this little hiccup in content. I'm currently in the process of getting my equipment set up, and I will be back next week with some fun, scary-to-sleep Halloween content, and I want to thank you all for being the best community I could ask for. Now, I didn't want to leave you with nothing this week. So I have for you an episode I did of the Nightlight Podcast with my buddy Prince, where we discussed Guillermo del Toro's first feature film, Kronos. Enjoy. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we do not have Freddy tonight. Freddy's actually feeling a little bit under the weather, which is totally okay. Because like I stated previously, we are in, I guess, the midst of shopping for a third (laughs) co-host. Well, anyway, besides the point behind all of that, we have... Another co-host here. We have Shelby Scott from Scare You to Sleep podcast joining Hello. me here. Hello, Shelby. Hi. Hi, Prince. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm very excited for you to be here as well. We're going to talk about a very fun film tonight. But before we get to that, let's finish up this intro because I totally forgot to do that. We are still a group of nights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So the lights, sit back, let the darkness envelop you. If you like that and want extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with a what? K. It's been a while since I gotten to do that, everybody. So that felt pretty damn good. I'm just going to say that right now. Now, I did mention previously we are talking about vampires. I want to suck your blood month. And tonight, we're going to be talking about Guillermo del Toro's first film ever. Well, I guess not ever. He's done a short before this, but besides the point. First feature film, I should say. Kronos. But before we do that, I have to give a very special shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with a K. I don't have it ready, so I'm sorry, everybody. This is just me. So now I'm just going to be blabbing to good old Shelby here. Shelby, how's your day? How was you your know, day, Shelby? It was long. It's a long I'm day? Happy to be here. Yeah. It's a long it's day. It's a long day. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy you're here as well. Thank you for coming, even though it was a long day, because our patrons are ready. I want to give a special shout out to Kayla, Philip, Zachary, Nashia. Frank, Kit, Kristen, Laura, Bragalock, Spencer, Legion Podcast, Lizzie, Josh, Vaughn, Rachel, Alexis, Heather. I think I did what I did last time, everybody. And 
didn't filter everything correctly. So I got to refilter that. But good to see all of you as well. <laughs> Zachary, uh, Kristen, Lizzie, Josh, Vaughn, Alexis, Johnny, Eric, Kelly, Daniel, Cheyenne, David, Carrie, Stu, Anna, Stephanie, Calvin, Drew, Scary Stuff Podcast, Patrick, oh, hello, Jessica, Jared, Jasmine, Chantal, Rio, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, and last but certainly not least, a very sickly and probably dying Freddie. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. Truly, very, very thankful. Um, even what's going on right now with us looking for a third, a third co-host and kind of having this rotating guest thing and going on like that. Um, I appreciate y'all just kind of rolling with the punches with everything and just having a good time. And, uh, you know, hopefully you like everybody that we bring on the show because they are obviously our friends. We're not just bringing on strangers. (laughs) Please like Shelby. (laughs) (laughs) We all need to be loved. As I stated earlier, we are going to be talking about Kronos and first and foremost, Shelby, thoughts. You're the guest, so please share yours first. I love this movie. I love this movie. I was telling Prince before this that um, it means a lot to me because I started out in special effects makeup. And this has got some beautiful examples of 90s special effects makeup. And I mean that (laughs) earnestly, not ironically. I really do mean that. And... (laughs) The story is beautiful, and it's it's so fun years later seeing the seeds of what Guillermo del Toro eventually be- has become, you know, and yeah. seeing the little bits that, like, he kept along the way. I mean, including right. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman is a big <laughs> bit he, he kept along the way. <laughs> and, Very true. <laughs> right? So um, I just I, – I, I absolutely adore this movie. Yes, I'm so happy that you do. I'm I'm a huge fan of this movie as well. It's one of my favorite Guillermo del Toro films. It, it, it's just it's something so special about it, and and something so endearing and charming and unsettling to say the least. But it for me, it's it's as weird as this may sound. For me, this is a very comforting film. And oh, definitely, it, mm-hmm. it's easily one of my favorite vampire movies of all time. And I wish Guillermo del Toro would go back to doing vampires like this that are just weird and kind of just very strange. I, I feel like the closest we've gotten to that was The Strain, um, where he had those little mm-hmm. worm thingies. Yep. That's probably the closest thing we get to this bug-sucking, blood-sucking bug I have a thing. lot to say about the bug when we get there. We've got a lot to say about this bug. <laughs> a lot to say about that. It's a, it's a <laughs> weird bug. It reminds me of Power Rangers, but it's okay. Um, but... <laughs> It's it's interesting because the thing about this film that really encapsulates Del Toro is, and you said it perfectly, is that like it's it's pretty much like a blueprint. Like it's us getting little nuggets of what he was to become. And you watch this film, and you you can immediately tell, oh, this director is going to be a fucking star. Like oh, it's just yes, it, it, the bare bones things were there. The skeleton was there. The, the foundation, whatever you want to call it, was all there inside of this film, which mm-hmm. is honestly phenomenal. And I could gush, and I will gush about this film because I adore this film. And there you go, everybody. You got the seal of approval, the absolute oh, yeah. adoration. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. My husband, when we were watching it, he hadn't seen it yet, and. He kept saying, he's like, are you sure this is his first movie? Are you sure this right? is his first movie? Like, it does not feel like someone's no. first feature film. 
at all, at all, no. at all. <laughs> this is someone who has either like just really truly studied the art of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Or someone who has just, who's very tenured, who's very, very seasoned inside of directing and filmmaking in general. And obviously, eventually now, Del Toro is a very seasoned veteran, but Del Toro is very much into books and learning mm-hmm. about just things that he loves. And I find that to be fascinating. There was an episode on, um, I, I think it was called Visitations. I'm not too sure if you remember that with uh, Elijah Wood and um, oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, Noah Noah Daniel or Daniel Noah one of the two um, and they visited Del Toro and that was their last episode that was two episodes long with Del Toro talking to him for like four hours and it was so fascinating just hearing him initially just gush about mediums i'm not, I'm not going to say media because it was books it was film it was music it was it was kind of just everything that he's so inspired by mm-hmm. and to me i'm just like that is so fucking cool like that is such a fascinating way to uh have everything kind of presented inside of your life and just kind of put in the work that you choose to yeah, do the utmost respect he shows to every aspect of filmmaking from yes. Writing to lighting to makeup to sculpting to ev- just every aspect, every detail. It's like he's equally as passionate as he is being a director, like yeah. which makes him such a fantastic director. Exactly, and and and, and the beautiful thing about it is that he is just a fan, like yes. first, yes, but like he's, he's like a the fan first, ultimate fanboy. Exactly, a film, a film, right? You know. Like, because Del Toro, I feel like filmmaking wise, he doesn't really have a style, but creature design wise, okay, yeah, we oh, can tell we're watching a definitely. Del Toro film because mm-hmm. of the creatures. But um, if you watch Nightmare Alley versus, I don't know, yeah. Mimic, like, you probably wouldn't know that that's the same director. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's so many people didn't realize. I mean, Nightmare Alley, I feel like didn't get its due marketing. I really do. Like, I yeah, loved it was Nightmare very poorly Alley, marketed, and I really feel like it didn't get its 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 praises enough because I feel like a lot of people didn't even realize it was a Del Toro movie. And going in, it was yeah. so different. But that's what I love about him. I love that exactly. we had the we had the Hellboy years, but now we have like a different Del. Like he really. I don't know, develops his style, but not just develops it and builds on top of it. It's like he completely changes depending on, yeah. I swear, it feels like depending on what book he's probably reading at home at the time, you know? Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. And and I'm, I'm very excited for him to come back into a more modern take on things. Because, um, I mean, I, I love his stuff that are period pieces, um, but I also really love his, like, modern stuff, too. Like, I really love his stuff that's set in, like, a modern time, like Mimic and and whatnot. So, like, I, I'm very excited to see what he does after, well, he finished up Pinocchio, but I'm, I'm interested to see what happens next for him. Because, obviously, Cabinet of Curiosity sounds like something he's going to continue doing, which... Yeah. I'm stoked about, but yeah. I want to see something from him though, right? Like I want to see something from Del Toro. And, and there's rumors he's uh, doing a Frankenstein uh, for Netflix. I've heard those rumors. I've heard those rumors. Yeah, and I know um, he, he's he's spoken highly of Frankenstein the book for years. So yes, I yes. want that for him. But also, I'm with you. Where like I really like I really enjoy some of his modern stuff too. So yeah. I'm wondering if yeah. it might 
be? I mean, just because it's Frankenstein doesn't mean it's not going to be. Doesn't mean it has to be. In a modern setting. So, I doubt it, but I, I feel like yeah, he would probably. Like, he likes that age <laughs> a lot. He does, um, so and I, I, I don't blame him. I love, I love a period piece. So me too, mm-hmm. me too, me too. I and I just, I, I don't know. I just want him to come back. Like I think the last film I can think of off the top of my head that he, that was more in a modern take was uh, "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark" or something like that. Oh yeah, it was the one with like the little tooth fairies, tooth which was fairies. also a remake. Katie Holmes, um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Katie Holmes, exactly. Yeah, so that's the only mm-hmm. one I can kind of think of that he actually directed. Um, did he direct that, or did he produce? Yeah, I want to say he did. He did direct that, right? Now, he now, fucking second guess myself. Because <laughs> I remember, like, the little fairies were his. Were like they were a Delta. Yeah, that was like creature. his his little little creatures. Mm-hmm. Um because like now I feel like I'm just second guessing myself. Let me take off these <laughs> producer credits. Let me let me see here. All right. He did not direct it. Okay. He didn't? He did not direct it. He produced I would have bet money on that. I really Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that that definitely got me. Uh so never mind. They must um, have used his name a lot that. for the marketing because I swore i remembered him directing it must have been a lot of like he had to produce her credit and mm-hmm. um probably just kind of went from there yeah he was a producer don't be afraid of okay. the dark who yeah. directed this troy nixie directed this i think this was troy nixie's only film yep that was that that's, was it that's strange it was a good, I film it. to start and go out on um yeah. i did too i really like that movie actually oh, quite Katie a bit Holmes but legs being bent backwards that's pretty awesome that's pretty great pretty great Mm -hmm. stuff very very happy about not happy endings Uh, (laughs) 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 but shelby you ready to talk about this movie chronos a little bit more here let's do it chronos directed by guillermo del toro released march 30th 1994 hell of a date to to release this what a weird time just Mm -hmm. springtime 1994 Interesting. Fresh-faced Guillermo. Fresh-faced like, Guillermo, just wet behind the ears, ready, yeah. ready to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Runtime of one hour and 32 minutes with a budget of $2 million with a box office approximately of $620,000 yeah. with a rating of 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was kind of, I, I mean, I was not entirely surprised because I still feel like no one knows this movie. I agree. <laughs> Like, ex- unless you're like an actual like horror movie fan or something, like I feel like no one r- kind of knows this. Which is, movie. it's in the Criterion collection now. I mean, I know, it's yeah, must see. I'm it, so it glad is. you you actually had me watch it on HBO, which had the intro for like the Turner Classic Movies with Guillermo like talking about it, and that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really great when you watch it on there because you get kind of the full blown experience if you don't have the Criterion collection dvd or blu-ray um but we continue we open to the sound of multiple clocks clicking and chiming as we go through opening credits we fade to gears cogs and and carcasses of bugs on a table a man vo's quote in 1536 fleeing from the inquisition the alchemist herberto Falconetti disembarked in veracruz mexico 
end quote. A man with a branding on the back of his hand writes something down and reads out of the book afterwards. The VO continues that Herberto was appointed as the official watchmaker, which determined him to invent something that will be the key to internal life, naming it the Kronos device. The man heats up a rock, breaking it apart to receive the scarab-looking device. This was great right off the bat. Oh, just, fantastic. The setting? Just right off the bat, you're just fucking in. We got alchemists. Yeah. We got alchemists. watchmakers. That old-ass little book. like Old-ass little book. His little journal. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the attention to detail in doing correct, like, I, I want to say it was either brass or gold what the little device was, but using like yeah. that old technique of like plaster and wax and like him breaking it apart. I was like, as like a history buff, I was just like, oh my God, like That's he's so like doing it the cool. right way. <laughs> <laughs> I, and this is what I mean by like Guillermo del Toro's a fan. Like he's just a oh. fan of <sighs> just everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the name of Fulconelli, like he was ma- named after an actual alchemist who disappeared right. in the 1940s. Yeah. Yeah. And like, <sighs> Just, uh, it's so cool. It's cool. There's like, like it's, nothing it's, I can it's, say right now other than uh, <laughs> <laughs> reaction. <laughs> but it it is something. It is something about this this scene in particular that really sticks out to me. And one of those things that sticks out to me mainly is the fact that we we have this watchmaker who is initially just trying to turn back time. Yes. And that's all they're trying to do. They're trying to live forever, which in my opinion is of the way to turn back the clock because you yourself are keeping yourself young or backwards mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I found that to just be super fascinating, but it's just, it's interesting how this correlates to eternal life for vampirism as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, it's definitely so. such an original take on vampirism. I mean, absolutely. An original not- take on vampirism and it's funny because it's not so original take on drug addiction, right? I mean, yes. it's just it, it, yes. the, the correlations are so um, parallel to oh, where definitely. we have this person who's seeking something so much to the point where they they achieve it and then they're addicted to that mm-hmm. whole concept of just either keeping young or um having this kind of eternal life concept. And they know it's hurting them, but they need right. it. But they yes. need it. Exactly. Oh, so so well said. Oh. Fast forward to 400 years later, nurses are rushing to the aid of people that are stuck and unconscious underneath rubble. The man is one of the victims, his skin, quote, the color marble and moonlight, end quote beautiful way to put it someone assists concrete off of him revealing that he is impaled through the chest his last words being (laughs) this being the alchemist who shall finally perish fade to the alchemist's home the vo mentioning that the authorities located his residence they never fully revealed what was found bowls of blood inside the studio with a man hanging upside down filling the bowls of blood fuck just that a, alone is just great imagery. It really was. Oh, the naked great man imagery. just upside down and like oh. it's, it's it's fantastic. I mean, just the dying truly, you know, immortal. I I've, I've always some, found something so beautiful about that type of story. It's been done so many times, but the yeah. I mean, the the idea of immortality and the idea that this man was walking around 500 years later is like I don't know. Bananas. It, it, 
It's yeah, bananas. There you go. It's bananas. bananas. It's just fucking bananas. You know, it's fucking fucking bananas. (laughs) After a brief investigation, the mansion and everything inside were sold at a public auction. Excuse me. But the Kronos device was never um, never mentioned, which had everyone to believe that it never actually existed. However, the device is inside of an archangel statue waiting to be discovered again. Title card, Kronos. That was not in the movie. But imagine. Could you fucking imagine that? Like, that would still be he great. He just couldn't afford it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been in every Guillermo del Toro movie since. It hasn't. <laughs> Fade to present day, our main character, Jesus Cris, is eating breakfast with his wife and daughter, Mercedes and Aurora. Him and his daughter had a, um, have a beautiful bond, while the mother and her, and, and her are a bit more cold toward each other. Um, Jesus uh, and his daughter unwrap the car to head over to the shop Grand Bazaar, Bazaar, I think is how you pronounce Bizarre, it, yeah. um, Antiques. He carries her on his on his shoulders, unlocking the shop and placing her down so she can run off and set up. He picks up a, um, he picks up the mail, looking through it before handing it over to Aurora. Later that that day, they are playing hopscotch until a customer comes into the store full of antiques. It's just kind of nice that his floor is just fucking hobblestone. <laughs> it was like, such a cool nice. shop. It's such yeah. a cool shop. Must get really cold in there, but oh, it's <laughs> well, it is Mexico, so it is Mexico. Like yeah, it. It, it could. I guess. Well, it's probably just really hot. Yeah. Just, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Jesus watches the man glance and walk around the store. Neither neither of them greeting each other. The man peeks through multiple statues. Jesus asks if he, if he could help the man without uh, with something. Excuse me. The customer greets him. Jesus reassigns the question if he could help him with with something else. The man ends up walking out of the shop after seeing the statue. Jesus goes over to goes over to it, getting a better look at the statue, it being the one that's um, housing Kronos. Cut to him and Aurora working on a puzzle together. They hum a tune together before Jesus starts singing it. The statue is setting is sitting on the desk in front of them. They don't notice the roaches spilling from the broken eye right away. Not until she is going for the, her next puzzle piece and one scurries away, causing them both to get up. But Aurora is that fucking G because she's yeah. about that action smacking the shit out of it with she a newspaper was. to the point where her dad's like okay okay calm the fuck down uh, yeah <laughs> this was great he stops her commenting about provoking them will only make it worse even though he was scared shitless he taps on the statue finding the hollow points on it to open it up he pries it open opening it from the bottom open it from the bottom removing the top section of the statue finding the chronos device in a knapsack he pulls it out of with the handkerchief aurora eagerly looking alongside him jesus carefully unravels the cloth to reveal the golden beetle-like device the both inspected the man who came into the shop earlier is with another man who's on the phone outside the shop. We jump to who they're speaking to on the other end, which is Angel de la Gradia, willing to tell tell the main one in charge about the finding of the statue. He walks through the factory doing a terrible job at dodge, um, dodging sparks flying into his face. He, hits, he, he just he just couldn't catch a fucking break from those sparks. No. It was just like, I don't think that was supposed to happen. That was so many sparks. I was like, was ah, so- I feel it. I feel it. Uh, it. It kind of made me to the point, like, even think, like, does that hurt? Like, you know, know. <laughs> like, like, is that hot? Like, it's, the way you kind of made it seem like it seemed like it was more irritating versus yeah. than like, holy shit, I'm burning. Like his like face was 
moving like uh, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man he heads upstairs through a freight elevator inside of a closed door with gloves and a face mask on his head he moves a silver platter through a meal a meal gate he puts the mask over his mouth cl- um, calling in that he's ready to head inside they buzz him in- into the room he calls out to his uncle de la gradia moving the platter tor- toward him he is. He walks down the hall, seeking his uh, his uncle. Many of the archangel statues, wrapped with plastic, hang through the cold hallway as he finds his uncle scowling as he sits on his bed. Angel takes the lid off, excitedly showing him his pills and the new draft to his will. I I love this. She's like, he's like, mm, here's your red and blue pills. Enjoy, uncle. <laughs> <laughs> De La Gradia, who I'm going to refer to as DLG from now on, shushes him, raising his cane, causing Angel to flinch. He questions Angel about being so nosy. Angel ignores the question, bringing the subject back to his will. Like, just sign this shit so I can get fucking He's paid. He's so brazen the whole movie about it. He's like, I Easily. just want yes. you to leave all my shit, all your shit to me, and I want you to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Like that that's how he lived his life. Just waiting for his uncle to fucking die. Yep. And I'm just like, damn. Damn. <laughs> I, I was curious though, like, I assume his uncle probably took him in as a child. Like something. I'm just assuming like his parents died or something. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe his uncle didn't have children or whatever, and he was the next next in line, which is why yeah. he wanted him to sign his will. But he was really eager, and it was like blatantly yeah. eager to the point where yeah, I'm just like, basically to his uncle's face, like I can't wait for you to die. <laughs> <laughs> so sign this, <laughs> sign this, and fucking croak already. <laughs> Needing him to sign and adding that the buyer called them. DLG signs the will. Angel takes his mask off, frustratedly placing his hand on his head. DLG hands it back to him, wanting to know what the buyer said. Angel nonchalantly shares that it's the same thing. Quote, they found another archangel, end quote. DLG doesn't understand what he's waiting for. Angel doesn't want to do it, waiting, uh, wanting him to get someone else to do his dirty work. He raises his cane um, at Angel again, grabbing the alchemist's drawing of the archangel. I mean, I can't, I can't blame the uncle for, like, wanting to, like, I guess, find this piece. Trying, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, which is why I feel like he was so not caring about the will because he was like i'm going to fucking have I'm eternal gonna, life soon so yeah like, this will means nothing forever so yeah. <laughs> yeah so fuck you nephew exactly. <laughs> showing him uh, and reiterating that it isn't garbage angel groans that it it looks it looks the same to him that being part of the problem dog commands him to open his eyes knowing that this one will be different and it'll be his Cut to Angel going into Jesus' shop with Rora um, playing hopscotch. Angel greets him in English as he walks in. Uh, Jesus asking in Spanish what he can do for him. I thought this was interesting. Like we had Angel uh, speaking in English most of the time, not all the time. Like he knew how to speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't have Jesus speaking English at all. At all. We We do have the uncle speaking English every now Mm -hmm. and then. Um, I just I, I just found this to be an interesting English blend. clearly right like really well like he yeah. answered him perfectly. I did like I liked that Angel was like almost begrudgingly knew some Spanish like 
Right. I don't really want to be down here. I'm here because I want to take over my uncle's, all of his shit and get my plastic yeah. surgery. And I don't. Yeah, that was such a weird fucking side plot. It's a really weird B story that he threw in. I felt like that was the only like weird clunkiness. I don't know why, but um, yeah, like, and I feel like I liked the idea of him like, fine, I'll speak Spanish, I'll speak some of it, I won't speak it very well, but like, but then it was it was really well. Like he like yeah, would it was just like come still really good, be, like completely fluent. But yeah. it was almost like he just didn't want to, which I kind of liked about his character. <laughs> I mean, I hated it, but I liked yeah. it really added to his like asshole character. Yeah, it works really well for him because of mm-hmm. the fact, like you said, like it really worked for his asshole character. And mm-hmm. that particular characteristic that we got from him felt, I guess, reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. Like he, he just seems like the type of person who would be that fucking guy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it, like, I don't know. The way he would speak English was almost, and then switch to Spanish, was almost like he was telling <clears throat> someone, like, Jesus, like, oh, I could speak Spanish to make this easier, right. an easier transaction, but, like, I'm not going to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. That's exactly how he was. <laughs> oh, man. Angel immediately gravitates toward the statue, commenting about the price. Jesus claims it to be unique. Angel responds in Spanish that it isn't, it isn't his money. Um, as he goes through the bills and hands him the amount, allowing him to ch- to keep the change, Jesus wraps it up for him. As Angel whistles, "Quote, wish you a merry Christmas." End quote. Which caught me off guard when I first watched it. I was like, "What?" But it's yeah. a fucking. It's, it's during Christmas. I forgot that it was set at Christmas, and <laughs> like, I Christmas. wonder why that choice was made. I'm not against it because I love the New Year scene, but it yeah. was an interesting choice to set it at Christmas. It added a, a little add like a little bit of eeriness when he was like whistling yeah like yeah yeah it truly did he then plays a little game of hide and seek with aurora offering her a piece of gum playing around with her for a moment before allowing her to take it she smiles as she accepts the gum and i thought it was actually really cute and endearing that she didn't talk i did too i like that I don't know. I like that as well. Mm-hmm. He asks for Jesus' opinion. Um, he takes out a few cards, picking one and placing it on, on his nose, asking if Jesus likes this one. He honestly shares that, it, that he, and he does it as Angel continues flicking through the cards, picking the card that accentuates his nose best. Both Jesus and Aurora choose one. He thanks them both before taking the statue, handing Aurora the rest of the pack of the gum. He's on his way, thanking, thanking them both as Jesus wishes him good luck and watches him leave out of the store. Jesus is cleaning up the device, letting his daughter know that it isn't chocolate, explaining that something like this happens once in a lifetime, picking it up and placing it in his hand, turning the knob on top until it spins by itself. Man. Okay. Now, there's... there's Obviously, like, a lot's going on. We understand that uh, Angel's a fucking dick, but um, let's talk about this mechanism a little bit. Now this mechanism a beautiful like it's, it's so beautiful. it was so beautifully crafted by the way like truly it's gorgeous it's so well done it is. and when mm-hmm. I first watched this I I didn't watch this obviously in 1993 but when I first watched this <laughs> I um I watched this when I was 2 years old uh, but when I first watched this I I watched it in high school and I immediately immediately the first thing that popped into my head I was like Del Toro's a fucking Hellraiser fan like like the, oh, the first yeah. thing that popped in my head was the Hellraiser cube and box, yeah. Yes. 
Like it, it just, it was so perfect. So yeah. perfect. Just loved every moment of seeing that in this moment. And I just thought that was really, really cool and really clever um, to have a kind of a mechanism type of puzzle in a way yeah. that just starts the engine, I guess, of, of oh, this, sure. um, this device. Since we've seen that Del Toro loves his mechanisms. Like he loves he does. cogs and things. I mean, the character from Hellraiser, I can't remember the name of the character now, but the Nazi thing that was like all mechanisms inside and was like plastic surgery and like parts. Right, you know? right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Del Toro. Del Toro is so cool. <laughs> he just, he just like, he has his fucking set of stuff where he just, he just enjoys it. And yep. he's like the sweetest man in the whole world. He, like all you want to do is just hug him. Like forever do, and never and let he go. He just like loves movies. He just That's loves it. movies. He just loves movies. Yeah. That's it. He's he's forever a kid. And I oh, love that yeah. about him. Mm-hmm. Love that about him. Picking it up and placing it in his hand, turning the knob until it spins by itself, the both watch intently as he can comments that nothing is happening until the device reaches six sharp spindly legs. He chuckles at it, calling it funny, asking Aurora's opinion on it, not noticing that the legs are pulling themselves back she quickly glances at it which causes him to do the same the device then pierces into his hand causing him to groan in pain he tries to rip it from his hand two tries ripping it successfully and placing it back on the desk with a pool of blood just in his hand spilling down to the ground and on top of the uh, device. She hugs him. He pat, he pats her on the back to not be scared, asking her asking her to grab him the box. Meanwhile, Mercedes and he's in fucking pain. Like oh, he yeah. like it he, was he, pale face. Like he yeah. And I think what made it worse was the fact that he ripped it off his hand mm-hmm. because like I I don't think I it would have been that, that, that bad. It but still yeah. makes me cringe. Him just like, ripping it off. Ugh. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah, the way he does it. Like, you you hear it, too. Like, you yeah. hear it rip off, and you're just you like, do. oh, yeah, that that sounded like, like skin ripping. Did you want to look for, like, a button, like a release or something? Yeah, something. First. Just give it yeah. a second. Like, oh, my God. Because yeah. I'm sure that's what made him get hurt a lot worse. Because when you see him do it later, and he just allows the thing to do its thing, they're just little it tiny just holes. Kinda, yeah, and it just yeah. releases itself, and yeah, it's yeah. fine. But they're holes. He, but I could get it. Like you're 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 shocked that this mm-hmm. mechanism just fucking what stabbed kind of you in the head. Five hundred year old diseases does this have? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the first like, thing that will probably pop the bubonic head. plague on it. <laughs> that's what I. That's where my brain would go. Like, yeah, no, that's super fair. That's super fair. Oh, fuck. I didn't even think of that. But that's, yeah, that's funny. (laughs) Meanwhile, Mercedes is teaching the tango to her class with her partner that she oddly has a lot more sexual chemistry towards than her husband in the movie. Yeah. Manuelito. (laughs) Manuelito. Manuelito, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love, I love this part though because this this is so funny this is like i feel like the first official comedic beat that we get from the movie where manuelito is uh grunting as he yeah. dances and she's like stop grunting stop like grunting. while they're dancing <laughs> and it's great it's fantastic yeah after the brief dance demonstration everyone claps but it's short-lived when jesus walks in all bloody and pale and shit he greets and i love it he greets her he's like hola <laughs> just ruins like, the vibe immediately <laughs> Back at home, Mercedes is cleaning up his wound, wondering where he fell. 
He lies that he, uh, it was on broken glass, glancing at Aurora to not say anything. She comments that he doesn't need stitches. He grunts in pain. She calls, quote, men to be such whiners, end quote, questioning if he remembers when Blondie March died. Everyone else was soaked in blood, but she was pristine, even though she was dead. She takes the tweezers, letting him, letting him know that there's something inside of his skin, and this will hurt. <laughs> he sarcastically thanks her for letting him know. She yanks it out. He wonders what it is. She inspects it, not entirely sure, thinking that it's, it is a metal filing thinking that it looks more like a stinger, believing it it may be from a bee. Later that night, Jesus is looking for something in the fridge, grabbing a pitcher of water, chugging it, or chugging almost all of it, in a few large gulps. He places it back inside the fridge, getting the urge to consume the raw meat that's inside the fridge. He blocks his temptations, closing the fridge, moving to the living room, vigorously scratching at his bandaged hand. Oh. That was gross too. I don't know that why. Was, it like it was the sound. It was the sound. It was the, the sound. sound. Like Ugh. that sound. Like it sounded like just ashy skin being scraped yeah. against one another. And like it was nasty. Opening his wounds up again. Like no, yeah. Like, Stop it. Ah. <laughs> Fucking cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Opening the window to let Aaron and embracing the wind. I was like, this is a windy ass night. Yeah. Like, I don't know how cold it gets in Mexico, but obviously cold. It's it windy. Yeah. It's windy. Never been, but I assume that's accurate. He finds a box on the wardrobe, looking around first before grabbing something sharp up out of it. He sits down, jamming it at his hand violently, grunting in pain, but yeah. still not entirely satisfied. Oh, fuck. Oh. It goes back to scratching that turns into a frustrated gnaw, deciding to give up lying down on the ground. I've, I feel that, though. That, like the acting sure, in that scene was phenomenal because impeccable. like when he starts gnawing on it and he's just like so frustrated it's like i haven't like had a an ancient device ever like rip skin out of my hand but i've had like <laughs> it reminded me of when you get a tattoo yeah that's what i was about tattoo, to say and you like it's so itchy oh my god but you're not supposed to scratch it so you're like smacking it and like uh, you're just so frustrated and like ugh, there's yeah mm-hmm Oh my God! Yes, I am one hundred percent with you on that because that's exactly how the how I pictured it. Yeah, it's just it like you just I don't know like you just feel like you're just you're 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 dying like your skin yep. you just want to fillet your own skin off. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yep. Oh Jesus! He I moves. Swear, the, he moves. Worse than pain sometimes. I swear. Oh, easily. Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. He moves. To, he moves to the couch. Um. He moves the couch skirt up. Excuse me. Pulling out. Pulling a box with the Kronos device from underneath. Meanwhile, Aurora is in bed drawing with a glow stick. She. That's actually like really dangerous. <laughs> like if the glow stick like you know explodes in there and things like that. I mean, you're, you're not supposed to get it on anything, but like it's fine. It's fine. I know. That's I'm dangerous. A she should not have a glow stick in her room. <laughs> Don't do that. What if she bites it? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, I got, this she is, does this. bite it later. She does. That's right. She does. She does. Oh. She has it in her mouth later. And I, yep. that was where I felt. I was like, oh, this lady, is unsafe. You not have that in your mouth. No, this is very <laughs> unsafe. This reminds me, though, close sticks in general, fucking quick tangent to college yeah. years. So in college, <clears throat> I feel like this was like 
just a 2009s, 2010s type of thing. Um, but in college, I feel like everybody at that time was just raving. Everyone wanted to go yeah. to raves. Everyone wanted to like listen to dance music and all this other shit, um, including myself. So our room was considered like the party room, I guess, in some Ooh. ways. Um, and it's not like I'm a partier per se. <laughs> like I'm not too big of partying, especially now that I'm older. But what people would do when they would start like rolling on Molly Mm-hmm. If if you're a cop and you're listening to this, you didn't hear shit. Uh, but <laughs> but they're like rolling on Molly, and and we would invite them over. Like, okay, do you want a light show? And we're and they were like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Cool. I was like, well, we set a time. Come over. Let's say I don't know, fucking nine thirty, nine thirty p.m. Who rolls on a Tuesday afternoon? College students. So there they come in nine thirty. We set everything up flawlessly. We have glow sticks. We cut the tips. We spray them all over the walls. And it's just the walls are glowing as they're walking through. And um, we have like we have the gloves, everything. We got everything set up like legit. And then we our go to song was all the things she said. Oh my god. And it was me and my roommate will put on like the fucking craziest light show. Shout out to you, Daryl. If you are listening to this right now. Oh my god, I miss you, man. I don't think (laughs) I've thought about that song in ten years. And now it's back. It's 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 filling my brain. It's incredible. The the music video and everything. It's all welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> just time traveled. <laughs> Kronos. Kronos. Chazu is my Kronos device. <laughs> yes. She hears her grandfather uh, moving about downstairs. Now back to our feature film. Jesus <laughs> opens the box on the steps, pulling out the uh, pulling out the device, pleading to it, w- warning it to be careful as he twisted again on the same hand. It's funny because I feel like this thing was thing like motherfucker. I was careful. You're the one who got all scared and I shit. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it extends the legs on its on his hand, getting ready to pierce his flesh. He quickly says the Our Father prayer before it latches to his hand, and the pain is so intense it causes him to fall back on the step. But he allows for the device to work. Another needle appears from the back, like a scorpion's. Uh, like a scorpion tail, piercing it into his wrist. The gears inside the device spin as his blood is being fed inside to a bug-like creature. Jesus is in ecstasy. As it feeds and continues to feed, he slides down the steps, not noticing his daughter watching him from above. This is great. I loved it. That was beautiful. That is is where I first spotted as... An old makeup artist, I spotted that foam latex arm and I was like, oh my God, I just memories. Yeah, the piercing of it, it was just a beautiful shot. And it was. I love the idea that he figured out that it was going to make him feel better. Like, yeah. Like he just knew. He doesn't say anything out loud, which I love because I feel like honestly, sometimes movies today, do a little too much exposition out loud in yeah, the dialogue. And that's I feel fair. like today he would have looked in the mirror and been like, I wonder if the device will make me feel better, you know? <laughs> and like, he just kind of like figured it out. And again, like you said, like the allegory of like drug addiction where it's like, yeah. this is going to hurt 
but I need it, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and this is, this is the best way to, to put it because even when he did it and uh, we're about to get to the part, but uh, actually I'll finish this part first and then, then we'll mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, the device releases him. He, and he notices his, his daughter looking down on from the banister. He excuses that he's okay. And she walks off as he covers himself up. All right. Now to, to talk about this part, but when he mm-hmm. sees his daughter, you can, you, you see the shame. And you see how ashamed he is. And and he knows that she understands what he's doing, mm-hmm. which is why he feels that shame. Where he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. You know, like, it's fine. Everything's okay. I'm okay. Yep. And this is where you really start to see that that main allegory or metaphor for drug addiction and drug, abu- uh, drug abuse as well because of how he's reacting. And mm-hmm. um, you kind of get this sense of, kind of anyone who does drugs, right? Like the first time that they do something, they they feel things that they've never felt before. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's brand new. So, and, and they're going to seem very chipper. They're going to seem very, I mean, I guess it depends what drug you're doing, but yeah. you're going to seem um, in a different mood, right? Like, yeah. and, and maybe in a, in a higher mood, which we're going to get next when like he sees his wife in the morning, like he goes in the mirror and like he shaves his face and he goes to his wife and his wife is just like, oh my God, I want to jump these bones. You know, yeah. so like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like she's, she's very excited um, to see that like you look younger. Like what, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but which in reality, he just shaved his mustache, but <laughs> he did. Yeah. yeah, which everyone I guess is going to look younger if you do that. Uh, I wouldn't know because I've never shaved my mustache. <laughs> never. And it will never happen. It would never happen. This thing will have to fucking fall you don't off. Wanna, you don't want a baby face? Baby face. No, no, no. <laughs> I've, okay. Fucking another fun fact about Prince Jackson over here, everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've delivered many fun facts over the four years of this show. Um, and this one is going to seem the most shocking, but, but I'm telling you, I've had a mustache since fifth grade. Shut up. I swear oh to God. God. Peach fuzz was in fifth grade. I was like, okay. I, I remember like when it. boys started getting peach fuzz, but like, yeah. oh my God. That fifth so grade. Funny. And I had a full blown mustache in like, well, full blown beard in um, high school. Dang. And Yeah. Oh my god! I bet people envied you. I remember boys like trying so hard to grow facial hair, and it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't, it yeah, wasn't happening. No, and it looked no, terrible. Yeah, it, some people, <laughs> some people definitely did envy me, and they're like, "Why don't you shave it?" I was like, "Because I don't want to." Like, that's why don't you I, grow it? Oh, that's right. That's right, oh, Brian. Oh. oh. <laughs> 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 so take that. <laughs> Next morning, Jesus looks at himself in the mirror, repeating "Good morning" while checking the differences in his facial structure, covering his mouth to imagine how he would look without a, a beard. He smiles from the results. He goes into the dining room where Mercedes is reading. He closes the blind. She raises her voice that she's reading. He rebuttals that it is too much light while kissing her. I love this little tidbit right here for us to mm-hmm. to like get the official clarification. Yeah. Like, if you didn't know this was a vampire movie, <laughs> it's a yeah, vampire it movie. It is a vampire movie. It's happening. <laughs> it is happening. Vampiric things are happening. She mentions that it is inc- 
she mentions that it is incredible that baby Viscaña um, died at 92. She stops in shock as she looks at her husband's new appearance. He questions if she likes it. She doesn't answer, so he assumes she doesn't. She stammers that he looks a bit, he looks a lot younger. He admits that, that that's how he feels, taking out his bow tie. He asks for his daughter. She questions if he, if, uh, he would like breakfast, but he isn't hungry. He, I mean, shit, the dude had a whole feast last night. He asks her again if she likes his new appearance. She quickly answers that she does that making him happy as he exits the room, which causes Mercedes to giggle from being swooned like a little schoolgirl. This was great. She's like, (laughs) as soon as he leaves out, it was great. It was so adorable. Guts of Jesus pulling up on, on, Pulling up on his antique shop, about to unlock the door, but notices that the lock has been cut. He pushes the door open to his shop, being ransacked and completely destroyed. He carefully inspects the damages as his shop and and his shop's belongings. Going to the desk, he picks up a stool as he continues glancing around the room, finding Angel's card on his desk, flipping it over to, quote, We are open all night. End quote, written on the back. He rolls his eyes, slowly pushing off a glass from the desk, shattering it. I assume he just did that out of frustration, right? I like, guess it was so. just like everything else yeah. is broken. So, like, I'm pissed. May as well break mm-hmm. this too. Yeah. Jesus goes to meet with Angel with, uh, with a box in hand, moving through, through dark machinery, looking at. Uh, looking up at a ladder, he, he's startled by Angel loudly greeting him from above, asking how he's been. Jesus shouts that he's destroyed his shop while pointing fingers at him. Angel calmly tells him that he isn't the one he, who he should speak with. Cut to Jesus sitting across from DLG who's eating something. I assume it was pills. Couldn't really tell, but I assume it was, it was pills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something offering like some to Jesus. I thought that was funny, though. If they are pills and he offered him pills, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. What's up? Fuck no, you weirdo. Get that shit away from me. It was like Del Toro. We know it's for. It's about drugs. We know it's like there's a drug thing going on. You don't have to like do a scene where he's (laughs) physically offering you drugs. (laughs) (laughs) You're a drug addict like me. Maybe that was the correlation, right? Maybe the correlation was that we are more like we are both obsessed and addicted in different ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. We're not so different, you and I. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he carefully tells Jesus that he doesn't know what he's uh, getting himself into, throwing him uh, the head of the statue. He takes uh, he takes out the manuscript, mentioning that he found it forty years ago, um, sharing that there's a writing from the from a 16th century alchemist, handing it to him, calling calling the text quote unquote fascinating. Jesus flicks through the book the book as DLG continues that it is written in Latin backwards, backwards. describing the, that's fucking crazy. Wild. This is the book of the demons describing a peculiar mechanism that prolongs the life to a person who uses it. I was really curious on how they found the bug more than yeah. anything. I was curious about mm-hmm. the bug. Like we don't really get the answers of the bug, but I wanted mm-hmm. to know about it. I really I wanted, wanted to know more about, lore it. about the bug. And also I felt bad for the bug. Cause he's me too. Cause the like bug was the there. real, like, like victim, victim. here. Just yeah, stuck, just not able to suck bug. any blood. This bug's yeah. just like, okay, mechanism, work. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I've been in here for how long? How long? At oh least 600 years. <laughs> it's the 1990s? Oh my God. You're fucking kidding me, right? Like, 
That bug must have felt so much bliss when he died. I know. <laughs> oh my god. He's just like, yes, finally. Release me. <laughs> Release me. <laughs> but, but there are strict and precise rules about its usage. Jesus opens up a section of this page showing off the bug-like creature. He looks at DLG, questioning if uh, questioning it being an insect. DLG finds that to be genius. An insect trapped in the in the device, calling it a living filter. Hmm. Yeah, that was pretty. I liked that description. Me too. It's like yeah, a bug dialysis machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. <laughs> Jesus, um, Jesus still questions it since since it's been so many years. DLG scowls, motioning for Jesus to to give him. Uh, give him back the book, begging the question on who says insects aren't God's favorite creatures. That's an interesting way to look at that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, they are, I guess, the most unique creatures, right? Like they are, and like you could argue that like a the strongest creatures, an insect, and lobsters yeah. are immortal. You know, we think that I immortal. actually didn't know that. This is the first time I'm hearing really? that. Look up lobsters being immortal. They basically like don't die unless they're killed. Like they just really, go. yeah. That's why they'll find some that are like ginormous sometimes, and they're like oh, fuck. really old. Yeah. Holy shit. Right? I gotta look this up. Now now I'm now I'm researching. Lob- <laughs> old lobsters. <laughs> research research corner. Old lobsters. Old lobsters. Geriatric lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> so they just grow and grow and grow they just and they don't down. die. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Lobsters. It's not cl- entirely clear where the myth Oh, it actually says it's a myth. Never mind. I guess lobsters it aren't. It's a myth, oh, according look. to hey, the National History Museum. I'm learning things. You're learning Mythbusters. Things. You're learning <laughs> fake things that I, I'm spreading. <laughs> it says lobsters. It starts off with the first sentence. Lobsters certainly do not live forever. It's not entirely clear where this myth originated, but it's claimed that uh, that persists online, For often me. in forms of memes. I started it. I started this strictly ago. from Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> While some animals, given the right circumstances, could be considered immortal, lobsters are not among them. Wow! Huh. Okay. Wow! They even went out of their way to be like, "Oh, other other animals could be, but not lobsters. Uh, but not not these ones. Not, not these lobsters. ones. Not lobsters. Silly. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, that's a piece of knowledge that I'll stop telling people as a fun fact. I'm like, <laughs> How many people have I told that to over the years that went home and Googled it? How many it people have like, you lied to, Shelby? Either like, that bitch was lying to me to make me look stupid. Or they were like, she is really dumb. She couldn't have just Googled this. <laughs> Mythbusters busted this myth years ago. She didn't just Google it? No. No, no. no. I just heard it somewhere and I repeated it. Yep. I don't even know where I heard it. I think I've been telling people that for like 20 years. Well, <laughs> holy shit! It's been a long run. My legacy has come to an end, <laughs> much like Kronos at the end. Oh fuck! 
comparing Christ to walking on water like a mosquito. Um, the, the matter of reservation is related to ants and spiders or remaining inside a rock for hundreds of years until someone sets them free. Jesus understands, but still not understanding why him. DLG smirks, grabbing his cane and getting up from, from the chair, groaning in pain, sharing that he's dying and, he's, and he wants to bring Jesus to the counter. Um, continuing that, uh, continuing that the scalpel has been eating away at him, uh, with multiple surgeries. He called them therapies, but they're surgeries. But he yeah, called them therapy he, sessions. He called them ther- I would not call yeah. them therapies. When part of you mm-hmm. ends up in a jar, it's not therapy. Yeah, no, no, I don't want to do that. Don't want to do that at all. He asked for his use to look closely, describing half of his body in in the case. He's like, well, no wonder you're fucking dying. You don't have anything inside you here. Yet the other half is on the menu, or it is currently being devoured. He walks over... He, um, he walks over to Jesus's chair, grabbing the box. Jesus, Jesus grabs it, arguing that it is his. DLG notices Jesus's hand, knowing that he used the device already. Jesus explains that it was an accident. DLG calls him a fool. She's like, you fool! Phoning for Angel uh, to come in. Angel comes inside, giving Jesus his shoes back. Jesus picks them up and heads out of the office, leaving the box behind with DLG. He stops, yelling at DLG, DLG that they both, they both have something to lose before walking out. DLG sits down, quickly opening the box, Angel commenting about him finally getting it. He opens the box to, uh, to cut the lock. Jesus is, Jesus is, um, Jesus is on his way out before being called back by Angel, letting him know that, that he may continue the game since he has it, threatening that he won't wait all night and he's keeping instructions. Jesus runs back home, grabbing the real box from underneath his bed. He quickly opens it, calling it impossible, knowing that he, um, he put it in there. He thinks for a moment before thinking about his daughter. He runs up the stairs, um, and onto the roof, opening a set of doors, calling for Aurora, but she doesn't answer. He's, he know, he knows that she has it, calling out to her again, then checking the toy box. He looks around for a moment before spotting her shoes underneath a blanket that, that's made into a fort. He smiles, sitting across from her, wondering if he's scared, if she's scared. She, she doesn't answer, um, asking if she believes, uh, excuse me. Let me read that, read that over. She doesn't answer, asking if she believes something will happen to him. He questions if she's, un- if she's comfortable back there as he pours himself some tea, sharing a story about, about this happening to him once with his grandfather. She peeks around the blanket as he hands her the, the cup of coffee or tea. I think it's coffee, actually. It looked like coffee, but... It, yeah. I couldn't tell. It was hard it was to tell. It a dangerous little area. They were next to like a, a can of like gasoline, too, the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With this device, you know, like she just picked it up. Yeah. What if it opened mm-hmm. on her? I mean, granted, I you got to play the puzzle, but he was a little too chill about her, like handling it. Sometimes it was like, anyway, maybe that was why because you have to like spin the little dial in order maybe. for it to activate, and just can't activate by itself. I guess, maybe. but yeah. Anyway, uh, she she doesn't answer, accepting the tea w- with one sugar cube. I'm just gonna say tea, not coffee. I assume that's what it is. He shares that when when her grand when her grand 
excuse me, when her great grandfather uh, was uh, was young, he overheard someone talking about people who die of lung cancer. And when he got home from work, he couldn't find his cigarettes. He she places her tea on the tin can. He passes her a cookie as he continues. He eventually uh, went to the bathroom and found bits of tobacco floating in the toilet. He believes that his dad understood his dad understood later that destroying them didn't help Matt didn't help matters. But that that clarified that um, his grandfather was worried uh, was worried for him. Um, he doesn't know what's wrong with him, but he knows that uh, he knows that they would stick together. Aurora goes goes out from her comes out of her blanket, grabbing her teddy bear, handing it to him, showing him the opening that's hiding Kronos. They embrace. Now this is interesting because later in the movie, like you find out that this is actually his granddaughter. Because you mm-hmm. th- you assume the whole movie it's his daughter, um, which is I f- think is a fair assumption, but I don't understand why the mystery behind it. Um, yeah, I don't either. I don't really understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I assume that's the reason why she's quiet, though. I her parents must yeah, have clearly. died. Mm-hmm. Something traumatic happened to where she's like dead silent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I find this interesting is because. They pretty much are just the polar opposites of DLG and his nephew, pretty much. Yeah. Like, you know, super humble family um, who are kind of just caretakers. And then you have the opposite group where it's like this greedy ass family that all they want to do is take, not care. Yeah. So I guess for them, they are care space takers <laughs> yeah. they take what what cares for other people but yeah um anyway <laughs> quick cut to jesus allowing the device to suck more of his blood he's like yeah uh this time through his chest at first he's in pain and then eventually enjoys the sensation a knock at the door he doesn't acknowledge another knock mercedes calling out to him he tells her to wait a moment um she lets him know that she needs she needs his help he repeats one more minute he, she rolls her eyes, telling him to hurry up and they'll be late. He retracts and he uh, retracts it back, looking at it, asking who it is, smiling as he questions if it is God. Inside inside the device, the gears are turning and and then coming to a halt. He's used comments that it is very good to him before putting it back inside the stuffed animal. Mercedes speaking with Aurora, not understanding why her dress doesn't fit. He calls out to he calls out that he's almost ready, running the water as he looks at his eyes. He touches the wound on. On his chest, a secretion ends up um, behind his fingers. He checks the stickiness between his fingers, wiping the forged mirror or the fogged mirror, um, just to notice that he's his wound has already healed. Okay, yeah, that stickiness was visceral. It was yeah, nasty. it was it was real nasty, yeah. real nasty. Now I learned, folks, before before we started recording that. There's a particular sticky material that that is used in film called KY gel, and it's uh, it's the same KY you might be thinking of, uh, yep. the lubricant. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I have to ask our uh, our, our resident um, FX <laughs> supervisor, <laughs> executive supervisor, um. Yeah. Is this KY gel? I don't think so. Um, okay. Because KY jelly is more... Um, this was like, like secreted. 
Yeah, this was sticky. This was like, I don't, I don't know what it would be. I mean, it could be any ma- manner of things. It could honestly be like spirit gum kind of does that when you get like a lot of spirit gum. And the 90s, they were using spirit gum still a lot. And so I bet it was something like that. And, okay. um, and by the way, I had a teacher who a said that it's, a, it's, a, it's an adhesive. You use it to adhere like prosthetics and things. We just don't use it as much anymore because it's like. It's really harsh. In fact, I had a teacher who's had like this little tip. This is not a tip that I I, I endorse, but whenever he said he was working on um, kids, because, you know, they're the whole like, don't ever work with kids or animals. Kids are crazy. Whenever he was working around kids on set, he said he would just leave his spirit gum open because it's very like, it's like, I don't know what, I can't remember what it has in it, but it's like strong. (laughs) It's strong. And he was like, it would just make him a little sleepier. (laughs) It's like. Oh fuck! Cool. He's totally that guy. Just like give it whiskey, he'll be yeah, fine. <laughs> definitely. I had a lot of teachers who like were like practiced a little more in like the eighties, seventies, eighties. So they were just they had some stories that were like, um, I don't think we can do that anymore. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> well, hopefully that person's not in the business anymore. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Holy shit! Spirit yeah. gum. So this stuff is still around. Oh, it looks like nail polish. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I didn't expect that. Um, Yeah, it's still around. I think some, yeah, some cosplayers still use it. Um, Oh, okay. Because it's it's strong, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Interesting. Pick some up. Knock your kids out. Need your kids to sleep? Spirit gums does the trick. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. They make it to the party. Jesus and Mercedes slow dance for a while. He lets her know that he uh, remembers while he sings to her, which causes her to swoon and then kiss him. And they're like making the fuck out on the dance floor. Like, yeah, I'm just like, they are, are they going to make it home? A, this is a spicy scene. The very, very. Yeah. They are like, they're going at it. I'm just like, it's not even midnight yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just going at it um, they continue dancing and kissing the night away Aurora glaring at her pa- at her grandparents um, as she sits alone at the table <clears throat> excuse me fade to later that night they all they're all sitting they're all at the table conversing Jesus whispering in Mercedes ear and he's like it's just sweet nothings yep. just like she's like all smiling and giggling and shit and <laughs> dude is like he feels like a kid again. He's just like, I'm oh, yeah. ready to take you home right now, Mercedes. Oh, yeah. this like, is like <laughs> them when they first met. Like exactly. This is like twenty like something year old Jesus. Like hey, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Manuelito tries getting her attention, but she tells him to wait a moment. Um, another man gets up from the table. Uh, from their table with a nose a nosebleed. This causes Jesus to spring up at the same exact time, noticing it and feeling concerned with what it's just a came crazy over nosebleed. him. Dude that's is fucking gushing. It was yeah, that's like maybe He's the like, hospital. He, like, oh yeah, like, he he does no dude, it looks like you broke your nose. Yeah, that was like a lot of blood. <laughs> that was a lot of blood. <laughs> like a lot of blood. I I've seen heat nosebleeds before. I've never had one. Mm-hmm. But I've seen them, and yeah. like they're 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 a lot, but it's not that bad. It's not like horrible. No, and no, usually when it happens, it's because and like I've never seen anything like that. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's just usually when you have them, like yeah, it's just 
it's because the air is dry. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it, 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 maybe exactly. it's low humidity it's, and it, all of that. Like everything, mm-hmm. usually it happens more indoors and outdoors. But yeah, I mean. But it is not like buckets. Like his hand is yeah. like overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. Yeah. Like it, it typically, I, okay. This is Prince being a fucking nerd. I, I, for those who don't know, I used to go to a medical high school. Um, so like we had to learn about stuff like this, but it's pretty much like the there, nasal membranes. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I didn't know that existed until this very moment. Yeah. So. yeah. Don't worry. It's like the lobsters. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's true. I'm it's, too much. My brain is splitting. <laughs> the lobsters aren't immortal. They're medical high schools. What is that? What the fuck is going on with my life? What's happening? <laughs> but yeah, pretty much like the nasal membranes are are what causes it inside, and so it's that little little piece of tissue, and it's so close uh-huh. um, together that those typically they just crack, and okay. it's, it, it, that's it. Yeah, like if you don't want them, and um, or if you're prone to getting nosebleeds because of dry heat, mm-hmm. put Vaseline in your nose. You will never get it again. There you go. That's it. That's Vaseline. Yeah. There's the cure, okay. everybody. All That's right. why the, when I saw this, I was just like, and you blend it on heat. I'm just like, you're silly. <laughs> like, not that much blood comes out. Cause like, it's literally, it's like your skin cracks. And, like, you wash your hands a shit ton of times and your skin just gets yeah. super ashy and you never yeah, put lotion on. Like, a little bit. Like, I've exactly. even gotten a nosebleed from like allergies. And that's what it yeah. is. It's like, the inside of my nose is dried out. But like, exactly. this was not that. Yeah. And this guy typically, was lying about his coke problem or something. <laughs> exactly. And typically, like it, it, they usually don't even come out of your nose at all because of yeah. your, the fibers of your hair, your nose hair. So yeah, that's why you should like, keep you your just nose get, like, hair. Dried everybody. blood in your nose, right? Mm-hmm. Like because yeah. I've had that, or I'll wake up with like dried blood in my nose, and it's like, exactly. oh, I must have like you know, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just blow your nose, put a little bit of Vaseline in. You're Vaseline. good. Vaseline. Vaseline. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like I feel like you're punking me. I'm like dead serious. <laughs> I'm not. Now I feel but like I'm fucking you too. Like like, <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Tr- generally do it. Just put that. Va- don't put like a whole fucking glob of Vaseline. Just like a little bit of a little bit on your fingers and just like rub it around inside of your nose. The it. membranes are literally it. right here. So yeah. like you, 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 you can't miss them. <laughs> It, it, you can't yeah. miss them. If it hurts, it. you went too far. Uh, <laughs> I'm myself him. a COVID test, but like with Vaseline. <laughs> yeah. You went too far. <laughs> Mercedes calls to him asking what's wrong. He tells her that he'll be right back and, and that he's going to go get a drink. He picks up a drink before sit, um, sitting it back down to follow the man to the bathroom. He wasn't even like discreet I- about it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like, understand that. Like, why didn't he just say, "Oh, I've got to go to the bathroom"? Because yeah. you're like going, you're you're going towards the bathroom. That would have been a better alibi. Like, I just got to go to the bathroom. I'm, like, I'm, I'm gonna grab a drink. He said, "I'm <laughs> gonna go drop, grab a drink." Then, like, well, she's gonna be able to look over at the bar five feet away and see you're not there. Just say exactly. you're going to the bathroom, so you can go to the oh, bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you would have said that, 
someone probably would have come looking for you sooner. But anyway, inside the bathroom, he goes up next to the man acting like he's washing his hands. As he watches the man, uh, the man continues trying to clean the blood, excusing that it's hot and (laughs) this always happens to him. Jesus um, asks if he's okay. He is, and he leaves out of the restroom. When when he's gone, Jesus goes to where where he bled, picking picking as much of his, as he can on his finger. Another yeah, man flushes like his toilet. He's with it. Oh, dude. He's stoked. Yeah. Like, he's just this like... very sensual. Like, and yes. they, I know this is the thing with vampires. There's always some, sort of like a sexuality introduced. And like, this right. scene felt sensual because he was Truly. like, the way he was doing that blood. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it, rem- it reminds me of... Um, Blood Couple or Ganja and Hess. I'm not too sure if you've ever seen that Mm-mm, from the 70s. No. It's a Bill Gunn film. Um, but it's a scene very similar to this, um, especially the, the, the part we're going to get to soon. Um, and it's, it's, it, I'm glad that you said it. it. It feels so sensual because for, for him, this is his first time, right? Like You're this right. is his very first oh time doing God, this. And, you know, he, 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 he's, he's getting something that is, it's new, exciting, but for him, it feels right, but also wrong. Like it's just, it's such a fascinating like duality God. that he's going through right now. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. Another I man even fl- thought about that. Right? Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Another man flushes his toilet, which causes him to get up and and play it cool. The man is uh, zipping zipping his pants back up, commenting about how nostalgic the party is. Spotting the blood on the counter, pissed as as he starts frantically cleaning cleaning and being racist as fuck. Um, Jesus w- uh, watches his disappointment as the man leaves. Why didn't he just say it was his blood? I don't know. And he's really bad at excuses. That's what I've is, come to learn. And I have to admit, every time someone like almost like with that part, it just felt like there's no way he didn't see him playing with the blood. I don't right. know. It just it was too. I was like, that guy saw you playing with blood. Yeah, know. exactly. Like it, it wasn't that fast. Yeah. But like I would have been like, oh, uh, my finger's bleeding or, or yeah. something. Just I had a nosebleed because something. of the heat. You know, same right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> My fingers bleed because of the heat. Yeah. <laughs> but but then um, spots of uh, spots of speck of blood on the floor. He lies on the ground, sniffing the blood, aroused by the smell. He licks it. Every lick bringing him closer and closer to ecstasy. Someone then walks in, kicking him in the head, knocking him out, and then dragging yeah. him away. Oh my God! Did you notice though? Before the kick, he doesn't stop. He doesn't know it's no. He doesn't notice Ron Perlman. He just keeps going. I was like, Oh my God! Like this could be like anybody at the party, and you were just like, he couldn't licking blood off of the bathroom floor. Yeah, like this. If this doesn't scream addiction, I don't know what does. Because like even during the nineties, that was that was a huge issue, right? Where like for heroin and stuff like that, people mm-hmm. started sharing needles a lot more because yes. they were a lot harder to come by. Um, and obviously that was the spread of AIDS and all that stuff that way as well. So like this concept here kind of felt like that. Like it felt like it was a metaphor of sharing needles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's like, God damn it. The more you even think about this movie, the smarter this movie gets. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Back downstairs, everyone counts down for the new year. Aurora Mercedes continues waiting for Jesus at the table. Meanwhile, he's in the car with Angel, listening to the radio and checking himself out in the mirror. Jesus groans as he starts waking up. Angel wakes him up faster as he pours the whiskey into his mouth. He groans that it is him. Um, Angel raises his bottle sarcastically wishing him a happy new year quick cut to angel slamming jesus on the um on the trunk yelling for for him to tell him where where it is so his uncle can leave him the fuck alone throwing jesus to the ground asking him what this thing is wondering why his uncle wants it so badly jesus questions his uncle not telling him angel decks him in the face sitting next to him jesus explains that dlg thinks um it'll help him live longer angel hysterically laughs joking that all he does is shit and piss and he wants to live longer. Jesus tells him to leave him alone, wanting him to do whatever he wants, but to leave him out of it. Angel continues laughing, and by him, I mean Jesus, not DLG. He doesn't give a fuck about DLG. It's just like, yeah. leave me out of this. Um, Angel continues laughing as he lies down on the on him. He agrees that he'll, he'll leave him alone and starts punching him more and more. Each blow telling him that he will he will when it pleases him. Winding up the last punch and like he legit wounded that punch like yeah it was like kind of he was it was very cartoonish like he was fucking <laughs> king kong or something it was yeah. like it was like <laughs> like it was so weird to wind up that that punch even though he's unconscious hitting him even harder he gets up demanding jesus to get up uh but he doesn't move Angel decides to put him back into the car and roll it down the cliff. With all his might, he tries to push it, but it is stuck. He yells, fuck, and tries to get, get a running start to push the car off the cliff. Jesus wakes up, healed as soon as he does so. The car tumbling down and crashing at the bottom of the cliff. Angel chugs his drink at the top before chucking it down the cliff as well. He's I loved his, his, little, his little punches okay. before he pushes the car over. His little like psyching himself up. To push yeah, it's just over. like he's like it's like I could do this. I could do this. Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> you know, as as funny as as or as fucked up as Angel's character is, I love him. He's such a too. charming aspect to this film. Yeah. That like he feels important. Like I feel like he without is. him, the film wouldn't feel as gravitas as it is. Because. Mm-hmm. Um, Angels is such the bad guy that doesn't want to be the bad guy. He just wants to chill and make money. He's like, I just want a nose job and I just want my uncle's fortune. I don't really care about any of this <laughs> stuff. I don't care that you're a vampire. I don't care that he wants to live forever. That's dumb. All that's dumb. I just want to own this factory and I want to get, get my, my nose, nose job. job. <laughs> yeah. I want my nose to look better, and I want this fucking factory. All right, that's all I want in life. He wants—he's a man of simple needs. He just needs <laughs> these things. Doesn't he eventually get it too? I don't know. Does he? Either that, or like, I think he. Well, it breaks for sure. It breaks. His nose breaks. And he's like, not my nose again. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's—I thought that's why he said that because I thought Maybe. he got a nose job. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Jesus is sticking out of the destroyed card covered in blood. He VOs, quote, so quiet. My God, so much blood. All the blood is mine. I'm dying. Unbelievable. Everything is upside down. And I'm dying. Alone. Alone. Don't let me die today. I'm in so much pain. I can endure a lot more. A lot more. Oh, Aurora. 
end quote. Jesus then dies as police sirens are heard in the distance. Fade that to her world. beautiful. It was, was like gorgeous. Solo. And it was like, oh. Like, I feel like the, the English narration that I just gave it does not do justice because in Spanish, it is so much more impactful. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're like, and the, uh, you feel his pain, his physical yes. and emotional pain. Like, truly. Uh, and it, it's it's just something. It's something gothic slash romantic about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. y- yes. you know, the gothic romanticism behind most of Del Toro's work in general is very much felt, but like this encapsulated it in such a way that felt Shakespearean. It didn't feel like it was trying to be Shakespearean. It did feel like it was trying to be its own, but it felt very Shakespearean from that period it did. that, um, once again, that felt fan made for someone who's a fan of, uh, rom- romanticism. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was really, really beautiful on how he kind of encapsulated the golden era and this modernism, this modernistic take, um, for vampires vampires pretty much mm-hmm. the way he was laying too was very beautiful like yes yeah, like, like he was upside like, down yeah um you know what it's it, it it's funny what it reminds me of uh it reminds me of the nightmare painting the car being oh. the goblin and mm-hmm. him being the person who's asleep mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah it's very interesting. Yeah. Fade to Aurora in bed with her eyes closed. She opens her eyes to sit up and put and puts on her slippers. She's like, <gasps> Grampy. No, <laughs> good to, to Jesus and sit. <laughs> I love the Jesus. shot of her little feet going into the shoes. I it thought was that cute. was very cute. Yeah, it was and cute. it, was it reminds me of my like kid. Showing- yeah, it was like I think it was is portraying how like small and innocent she is. Like she's mm-hmm. putting on her little shoes. Yeah, but you know, you know what's even better about this a lot of people haven't pointed this out in, in their descriptions of this film um she's his familiar oh my god right she's his renfield she's yeah. his renfield she is she's his renfield and it's Dang. it's great like i've never hear anyone it's talk so about obvious her when you say it out loud but like right <laughs> I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah, like it, it's just, a, a, and a lot of people don't mention it. Like some people have like said it before, but it, it's just, I feel like more people should say it because that's what she yeah. is, right? She, she is, she is his familiar. She's his Renfield. Um, mm-hmm. you know, especially when she goes with him to search for the manuscript. Yes. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's fuck. If that doesn't scream Renfield or Igor, like I, mean, she, I don't know what gonna, does. Yeah. And you, I mean, you're going to get to it. But when she makes his little coffin bed in her toy right. chest, like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus familiar. Cut to Jesus inside of, in, or excuse me, cut to Jesus's insane funeral body prep by the funeral director. And uh, <laughs> I like his name, Tito. Loved that. I, <laughs> this the is funeral so good. guy was my the so mortician amazing good. hilarious great. tito is funny as fuck yeah um there is a spanish movie that's on shutter i think mm-hmm. fuck i forgot what it's called i i i got to find the name of it but it is it is it's about a mortician who can talk to the dead bodies that he's working on it's so fascinating and it's wow. it's so weird. Very CG heavy, but like it works for this case because mm-hmm. it 
it does feel kind of like a fever dream, like yeah. like it's not like supposed to be real kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. he's like it, it, like he's insane. They're not mm-hmm. actually talking. It's like just he pictures them talking. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very interesting. But I I, I I'll, I'll find the name for you because it is yeah so good. It's so good because yeah. anyway. I loved these scenes so much. They were so funny. Yeah, and him talking about his art and how good <laughs> the forehead was when it was clearly yeah. not. And that corpse right. wax, that substance they were using is called corpse wax. There's a okay. more proper term for it. And it's uh-huh. so funny. I was telling my husband, I was like, I wonder if that's one of those things. Because in makeup school, we had to learn how to work with it to reconstruct parts of, because that's what you use to reconstruct parts of bodies when you're yeah. a mort- mortician. And I was like, I wonder if Del Toro, when he was learning effects makeup, because he learned effects makeup, he did it for a long time. And right. I wonder if he had to work with that and knew how like shitty it was to work with and like how hard it is to work with. And that's why it was this like just flat piece that just sat on his forehead and was like, look, it's masterpiece. <laughs> okay. I, I thought I was, I thought I was crazy. I was like, I was like, is he serious? Like, like no, so that, that was, that was a, okay. So yeah. that was pretty much a joke. For special effects artists, in a way, I feel I, like. I don't know, but I found it funny in my own way. And I was like, ah, I remember how to try to work with corpse wax. And it's all sti- the way it like kind of sticks. It's like sticky kind of, but it's not like candle wax. It's like kind of sticky and soft. And like, Interesting. Yeah, I just like, yeah. Weird. Corpse wax. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know shit about special effects. I just like, well, so I'm learning so much about <laughs> everything. Uh, the funeral director applauds Tito's work on Jesus's head, covering up his scars, calling himself an artist as the director finds this to be his best work yet. He lets Tito know um, not to go overboard, revealing that they they are going to cremate him. Tito was pissed, not understanding why. I, I loved his disappointment. Sooner. He was just like, "My art is just not appreciated." I love that. <laughs> and I love it when he's like, he's like. <laughs> he calls him a motherfucker like Jesus yeah. is he was like he's like you should have told me before I I, I did this motherfucker he's like he's like rest in peace and then it, it goes back <laughs> it was great Tito was fantastic yeah. <laughs> questioning why he didn't let him know the director claims that Mercedes changed her mind Tito carelessly starts clothing Jesus as the director mentions that he didn't make preparations he didn't buy an, uh, a niche or a grave plot Tito comments that they are all the same and believe that they'll live forever. Meanwhile, Angel is reading a pamphlet about plastic while listening to an audio about plastic surgery and picking yeah. his, his uh, toes. And that audio this book about plastic surgery is so weird. It was very weird. It was very strange, but he's just, he's excited. Yeah. But this weird ass motherfucker sniffs his toe jam. He's what like, was that? What? Uh, and it then was, he gets irritated by the buzz, like from his uncle. He's like, "It was like, like a choice." I don't know if that was a Ron Perlman like. That has to be. That has to be a Ron Perlman thing. Doing something to like make us uncomfortable because it was like, what is? It was happening? so There's a out of left surgery field. Audiobook going, which I didn't know existed, and you're like <laughs> smelling your toes. You're in your underwear, but like you've kind of got part of your tux still on. Like it was very right. disconcerting. It was very weird. Yeah. It, was, it was interesting. <laughs> but he yells "fuck" before kindly answering the radio. DLG commands him to get up there. Angel lets him uh, lets go to. Let's go of the talk button to continue his name calling and profanities. DLG wants to know what happened that uh, that night. Angel lets him know that uh, he'll be right up, putting on his pants. He, he 
um, while he while he's going down the down the hall to his uncles, he's fabricating a story about not hurting Jesus. The OG hits him with his cane, calling him an imbecile. He he's cleaning the blood off his cane, asking about Jesus's art, wondering if Angel heard it. Angel yells that he didn't touch him while tending to his bloodied, broken nose. He tries to re-explain what happened, but the DLG doesn't care, wanting to know if he checked his heart. Angel leans back, answering that he is uh, that it is it wasn't beating. DLG wants to know if something may have accidentally pierced his his heart. Angel doesn't know the difference since he's dead. DOG whacks him, whacks his, his cane on his plastic covered statue, yelling that it makes it, makes all the difference. Angel flinches from every single hit, t- um, taking insult after insult as DLG calls him useless. He doesn't understand how someone could be deader than dead. DLG rebuttals that he knows nothing about dying. Angel still doesn't understand. DLG approaches him as he cowers, letting Angel know that he has another thing to do, wanting him to do it right, because he's not going to rest until he he has what is his, adding that neither will he. Well, damn. <laughs> Cut to the funeral. Angel walks down the stairs, passing up the gentle cries and conversations to Jesus's open casket. He chews two sticks of gum before placing the wrapper in Jesus's coat pocket. Fucking dick. He decides to plug Jesus's nose to make sure he isn't faking his death. No reaction. He releases his fingers. After the funeral, Tito is getting Jesus ready for the burial, chuckling and asking if it was if it was a lively wake as he wipes off his lipstick. Mark on Jesus's cheek, spitting on the napkin to continue wiping, commenting that they won't send him uh, to heaven with lipstick smudges on his face. They'll all think he was a whore. <laughs> he sets up the furnace, lighting it, but the gas isn't kicking on. He kicks it a few times, which causes to which causes to burst a large flame and cut out, startling him. But he goes down. But he goes down into the basement to turn the gas line up. He hears a hissing noise coming from behind him. He then finds the resource of the gas leak, tying it with a rag. He ties a, a rag around. <laughs> I love this, like the jankiest crematorium ever. It was so <laughs> bad. I loved it. Like at this point, he should have just fucking poured gasoline on his body yeah. and just lit it. Right. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, but he, he was just, this is just like an everyday occurrence for him. This is yeah. all like janky ass mm-hmm. fucking crematory. <clears throat> it's great. It's great. Back upstairs, he relights the rod and lights the furnace. The lid, uh, the lid of the casket is is still up. He closes it, not noticing that Jesus is no longer inside. Tapping the top of, and sending the casket inside the furnace, he sits on the conveyor belt, uh, taking his gum that. out. Weird, <sighs> just weird. Placing it on a suspender so he can eat a banana. Yeah. He saves his gum for later. He does. I'm like, ew. I know. That must be some good-ass gum. Because, right. like, I hate gum mainly because of the fact that it just wears out so fast. You hate gum? Just because it wears out. That, okay. That, I was That's like, this the main a, reason. This is a huge statement right now. I'm learning so much tonight. I hate gum. Well, <laughs> that's the only reason. I like gum, and I use it. Uh, although, it does trigger my phagophobia, uh, which is interesting. Really? But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It triggers it, like, big time. And I think I it's because it, it, my body probably assumes I'm about to eat something. Yeah. And my phagophobia is just like, yeah, 
And then it, it triggers it so badly to the point where I can't swallow anything, like even my spit. And now I have to spit out the gum sometimes so I can just like Whoa. get back to normal. Yeah. It's weird. Princess soup revealed a bunch of weaknesses. Triggers the podcast, it everyone. the most though. So yeah. Can't soup? eat soup. Soup. Triggers I can it see the that. Worst. That makes a lot of yeah. sense to me, actually. I don't yeah. know. Because I'm not chewing anything. Yeah. And it's just it's in like I know it's still food. And I'm just like, yeah. well, I can't chew it. So, like, if I have soup, I have to have something you know, in it, I, like I knew noodles a guy or something. who couldn't eat soup because he, he he said his brain basically told him it was, like, dirty water. Like, and he was like, when I try to <laughs> eat soup, the savoriness <laughs> of soup, my that's brain actually, interprets it funny. as dirty water. And, like, yeah. it's not yeah. supposed to be. <laughs> no. I was like, so, I yeah. totally, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'll, yeah. Although, I do hate soup. I don't like soup. I just... Like all soup. soup, all soup, all soup, except for like ramen. That's different. Ramen I is consider- a soup. Yeah, ramen's a soup. I consider ramen a soup. It does have a lot more to chew on it. Like exactly, it's a lot, it is more meal tastic. It's got exactly. a lot, especially if you get like, like ramen, ramen, not like exactly. top ramen. Yeah, yeah. And I, I it's leave the broth though. Like the broth just stays. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I never, even like I never broth, continue. But when broth. I eat ramen, I kind of leave the broth. There's so much going on. It's yeah. a lot happening. It's a party in your mouth, and you're just like, I want it to end. Angels this brought it to the room. Portion of the, of the show. <laughs> no one, yeah, it's just, just yeah. Uh, Nightlight, a horror movie soup podcast. Angel is <laughs> brought into the room by the director. He tells Tito that, uh, that Angel was a friend of Jesus, wanting to see the the body one last time. He gets off the belt, tapping Angel on the shoulder, That's nodding nice. his head, asking if he would like to see him medium or well done. <laughs> I loved it. Angel said, so "If that had actually fantastic. been like a grieving relative, imagine." <laughs> That would have been great. Holy uh, shit. I, would, I probably would have joked back like, well done, please. Angel yeah. heads toward the furnace window, smiling and chuckling. Jesus is standing outside, all types of fucked up, but not dead. Yeah. Or is he? He steps on glass, which causes him to wince in pain, taking the shard out of his foot to use the glass to cut out the stitch that is sealed his mouth shut. Once he gets it, he uh, digs in the trash to find something to wrap around him as the wind blows. After finding something to uh, wrap around him, he sees a newspaper with his death date. It transitions to Mercedes sitting on her bed, placing scissors on the newspaper clipping. She waits. In, she waits and looks around for for. Excuse me. She waits and looks around her now empty room as the phone begins to ring. She doesn't answer it right away, greeting whoever it may be on the other line. It is Jesus. He doesn't say anything right away, but the calls, but then calls out to her, believing that it is a morbid prank. She hangs up the phone. Aurora snuck to listen to the call, silently hanging the phone up as as well. Jesus beats the phone off on the hook before walking out in pouring rain. He eventually makes it to the house. His daughter letting him inside the house. She has a fresh towel for him. He puts it on his face as he cl- as he closes his eyes. Um, and I keep saying daughter, but it's his granddaughter. It's his and that was because I, I completely forgot that it was his granddaughter. Um, that's how good their fucking relationship was. Inside right. the attic, Aurora is taking toys out of the trunk for him as he sits in, in the chair uh, with Kronos wrapped around his hand. He sighs in, of relief as the bug consumes his blood. 
He goes up to Aurora smiling, asking if that's for him. She happily nods her head before the sun peeks through the holes of the roof, causing him to, uh, causing him pain and, and burns. He gets into the toy box already asleep. She closes the top, smiling that he's back home. While he's asleep, Aurora is painting on the wall, awaiting his awakening. He opens the lid, he opens the lid up as, as she happily stands up to greet her grandfather, Jesus um, writes a letter to his wife, quote, It's very hard to write these lines to you. I want you to know somehow, for some reason, I'm still alive. And believe in being alive is very painful for me. I'm burning with thirst and everything feels foreign. The day, this house, and you. End quote. This was sad. Was. And he kept writing it over and over, and he was using yeah. like a marker. Like you could tell, they like purposely had him using like a kid's marker. Like right, yeah. Um, <sighs> Poor thing. While he's writing the letter, Mercedes is playing on the piano. He throws out the ball of paper. Aurora pick, uh, picks it up as he continues. "Quote: Aurora will stay with you. She she will leave you this letter. By the time you read it, I will have been, I." I will have gone to a kind of appointment to resolve unfinished business. If I've lost everything, at least I'd like to know why. Just today, I realized how much I miss you. I hope to find you. I'll hope to find you here when I come back, willing to see me, regardless of my appearance. Love, Jesus. End quote. She closes the piano lid in conclusion with his letter. Later that evening, a security guard is doing rounds at DLG's factory. Jesus hides before the coast is clear so he can head up the, the elevator. He hears something fall and he goes to see what it is, finding Aurora hiding behind something. He calls out to her. She comes around the corner. He picks, he picks her up and places her in front of him, scolding and questioning why she is there, reminding her not to come. Did she walk? Yeah, I don't know how she got there. I don't I don't like, know. She must have walked. Hide in the trunk. Did he walk? Yeah. Like I, I guess know, he wouldn't have like, taken his car, right? How far is this factory? I don't understand. I don't know. It's movie magic. Movie magic. <gasps> you gotta love it. Teleportation exists in movies. She pulls out Kronos. He instructs her to put it away, uh asking if she realizes that she, um that they could have killed them and that uh, that they are in danger. She smiles, nodding her head. She's like, oh, yeah, dude, I love this shit. <laughs> she's she's so into it. She's like, yeah, we are in danger. Let's let's go fucking kill something. Yeah. Cut to them opening the mill gate to DLG's room. He sends Aurora in who, ha- who has her bearing glow stick in her mouth. <laughs> there it is. Don't, there it don't is. do that, kids. Do not do that. She enters inside the room, opening the door uh, for her dad. He he enters inside, turning on the light to look around uh, one of DLG's drawers on his desk. Aurora explores the glass vials with DLG's organs inside. She's right next to his bed as she goes inside one of his drawers. He wakes up as soon as she takes the box out of the drawer. She hands it to to uh, she hands it to Jesus as DLG quietly gets out of his bed. I'm just like, damn, for someone who could barely walk, like you're awfully really good at being quiet, right? Yeah, like, no <laughs> grunts, so nothing. Yeah. He is just like, 
Like, Even I feel like I like sneaky? pop and creak when I get out of bed in the morning these days. Oh, I, and, like, I definitely do. And I, I know like I look back at my wife to like check like, did, that, did you hear that? Like, like, <laughs> like geez. Jesus opens it, taking out the, the manuscript. He reads it, startled by DLG saying, it worked! Knowing that he would, he would be back, letting him know that uh, – that the missing pages are gone. He ate them, claiming the uh, claiming. Why would you do that? Claiming them to be the best meal he's had in years. That I feel. I didn't that, understand that, that. That was the best meal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I assume it had instructions to maybe reverse something, but I'm yeah, not sure. I guess. Because that didn't yeah, make didn't, sense I, to me. I feel like that was yeah. probably a little more fully fleshed out in like the Guillermo del Toro lore that I'm sure he has somewhere. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus brings up living, uh, living like this for eternity, commenting about his skin it rotting away. DLG nonchalantly tells him to peel it off. Jesus doesn't understand, and he's just like, peel it off. Why wouldn't you know that? And it's like because you ate the book, you motherfucker. Like that's why. Right. Exactly. Like it's because your your best meal was fucking the five hundred year old paper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With ink from fucking I don't know like beetle. Beetle booty juice or something. He yells for Jesus to peel it off as he rips and pulls at his skin, grabbing a silver plate to uh, to see his reflection. He starts peeling off his own skin as he continues looking at his reflection in absolute shock. He looks at DLG, wanting answers as to what's happening to him. He tells Jesus that he's been reborn as he secretly buzzes for Angel. Okay, here's my special effects question, Supervisor. Um... What is that shiny stuff? Like, it's like his new skin is just super shiny. It could be KY jelly. I'm not going to lie. It could be. It, okay. So it, that is KY jelly. Or glycerin. Yeah. Or glycerin. glycerin. Was a, okay. Yeah. Glycerin, glycerin, I do know. But, mm-hmm. K, okay. All right. Interesting. Cause I was, I was so curious. I was like, how did they do that? Like, that was, yeah. That was so, like, interesting to me. But the yeah. skin was really neat looking like it was was, yeah it looked really good like the way that the way that the scarring around the piece that he pulled off and it almost like yeah raw muscle looks right exactly like it was like a stressed forehead yes it was super interesting it it was just it was so well done especially for 1993 where i was just like Mm -hmm. this looks great like really good Mm-hmm. This looks really, really good. So it, it was very nice to see that. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was afraid. I remember being like, because I hadn't seen it in so long, and I'm like, right. Is this makeup going to take me out of it? But it wasn't. It didn't. And it's. It wasn't goofy or anything. It was just. It mm-hmm. looked great. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Does that happen for you ever? Like, like knowing the kind of the back end stuff of like special effects and working in yeah. Hollywood. Does that sometimes. does that kind of take you out of film sometimes? It does. Um, there's just some stuff I can't ever uh, like, and it's not even a bad thing. Like, if you, <laughs> like, if there's someone who's like wearing, uh, like, whenever someone's in a bald cap, they've got something oh. around their neck. They've got a towel around their neck. They've got something around their neck because bald caps, even with all of our technology, look like shit in the back. Like they look terrible from the back. Like you just can't move oh. without it looking terrible. Right, and like, right. so it, that there's like little stuff where it's like, and that's not like a bad thing. The makeup artist did. It's just something I can't ever unsee. Like <laughs> the fact that someone has something around their neck or something. Like there's right. a famous friends episode where 
the girl, one of their girlfriends, like shaves her head. Ross, I don't, I don't, I don't watch Friends enough, but like the yeah. whole episode, she has like a towel around her neck, and that's why. <laughs> oh, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Monica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah there's a towel around her neck, and um, oh. in fact, in makeup school, we had to. They well, they wouldn't have to. They suggested though we shave like the last, like the bottom four inches of the back of our heads, like because we were doing so many bald caps, and that's where you would hear them. And like mm. even with that, even with a smooth surface, it still, still like hurt. Yeah, like it it hurt and it looked it just looked funky from the back. It's just like there's just like no way to make it look perfect. But yeah, there's just little stuff like that. Every once in a while, if I'm seeing something bad or like old, especially we have like a giant TV here, I'll see like edges and things. But like I don't know, mm. it's I'm not very particular. I didn't stay in the industry like so. Long I I feel like that. I'm not one to judge but it is stuff i do notice yeah yeah no that's super fair super fair i was just curious because um knowing your your history with like hollywood and special effects i was just curious if that was like if that like ruins some of the movie magic for you no because ever i've always the reason i got into it was because i enjoy movie magic and i enjoy knowing how it's made and it just makes it more enjoyable to me like the more i know the more impressive I think it is where I know yeah. a lot of people they're like, they don't want to see how the sausage gets made, you know, like they right, don't right, know right. That, I'm, so. I'm kind of one of those people. Like I, I like, I don't want to know, like mm-hmm. I want to build, I want to build the worlds and like yeah. tell the story, but I don't want to know how it's made. <laughs> like, I just kind of, <laughs> just kind of want to pass it on to someone and be like, make this vision and I want to see it live. <laughs> like I, like I, like I feel like if I would just like, I wouldn't want to even want to go on set. I just kind of want to like wait until the premiere happens. If I ever make a movie, just kind of want to just wait, just hand it off. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I can. T- I've I've definitely from like my years of doing like background acting and stuff and doing makeup and all that. Like I have definitely ruined things for people, like not thinking about it, just like telling people how something gets made, thinking they'll be just as excited about it and they'll be like, "Oh, I well, didn't know sucks. that," and now I'm yeah. sad I know that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, no, yeah. that's fair. I could I could I get that. That's so, how we felt when we found out lobsters aren't immortal. Jesus still wants answers as why this is happening to him, wanting to know what he's missing. Yoji gets up commenting blood. Jesus questions if he needs to, if it needs to be human. Yoji chuckles that he that it does. It not being able to gain an eternity from a cow. Jesus goes over to him, threatening and threatening to smash the device DLG shares if he wishes, letting him know that the consequences of doing so, if it if it goes, he goes. But he wants them to share eternity together. Jesus doesn't care about that, not wanting to live forever, just wanting to just wanting out of this. DLG finds that to be better, sharing this, there, that there is a way out, wanting the device first. But Jesus rightfully doesn't trust him. DLG turns his back, gripping his cane, claiming that he doesn't have a choice. Jesus kneels down toward his daughter, wanting her to give him the device, suggesting that he knows what he's doing. He takes out the device, holding it up to D- uh, DLG to gawk at it. He resists, wanting wanting to know uh, his way out first. DLG chuckles that um, it is his wish, um, stabbing him in the stomach multiple times. He then stumbles, trying to hold himself up to no avail. He falls down to the ground, DLG mocking the way uh, he even bleeds, flicking his blood and, and going on top of him. Jesus fights back, DLG gaining the upper hand, not noticing Aurora with his cane. She calmly whacks him in the head, 
knocking him unconscious. Yeah, she just does that. Why was great. DLG so strong? Like, I, he's like a really you know, ass, like, I've got half my organs Great replaced. question. And then all of a sudden he's like fighting. And that's yeah. the only time where and I like was like. winning. Yeah, that was the only, one of the only times where I was like, Guillermo, come yeah. on. Yeah. No, that's fair. Why is he strong all of a sudden? Yeah. I do anyway. want to point out his bed, though. Like, his mm-hmm. bed looks very reminiscent of the, the orphanage beds inside of Mimic in the beginning of the film. Oh, yeah. It looks just like them. I wonder if that was just them, and that was just one of it. Yeah. You're just like, Could've fuck been. it. And this prop is just sitting in my house. We're going to use it again. Mm-hmm. Let's make 500 of them so we can have a row. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Angel is downstairs at the elevator, phoning uh, for his uncle on the walkie. No response. He tries again. Jesus tells Aurora um, that it's time to go, handing her the device. He's in pain, but notices DLG's blood pouring out of on the floor. He bends down, picking his head up, biting at his neck, consuming the blood as Aurora watches. And she's like, this is normal. Live my yeah, life now. she's just like chill. She's chilling. She's just like, waiting. She's like, you done, Grandpa? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. The amount of therapy that poor child is going to need one day. <sighs> you know, I feel like She's already kind of like just there. Like she kind of, she just kind of seems like that type of kid who's like probably has a a weird fixation of hurting animals. Like she kind of like, <laughs> like she seems like she's getting there. <laughs> They're both startled by the elevator coming up and and uh, decide to hide. Angel makes it to the top, cautiously exiting the elevator. The door still open and Bert and. Um, he bursts into the room, finding his uncle dead or unconscious, rather, on the floor. He looks around for a moment before wishing his uncle, um, his dead uncle, a Merry Christmas, hysterically laughing that everything is his. DLG Aww. then becomes conscious again, weakly calling for Angel. He places his foot on DLG's neck, telling him enough as he snaps his trachea. This just like was intense. His foot. Holy fuck. God, whispering that he kept, he kept him waiting long enough. Jesus and Aurora come out of their hiding spot, um, hitting a shocked angel in the nose with his cane. I guess that's what he meant by not again. Uh, they make a run for it, breaking the window. He helps his daughter or his granddaughter, uh, through, uh, through first before hopping it, hopping it himself. Angel is pissed about his nose again before following them, watching as they head, head up the ladder. He grabs the towel rack angrily saying that this has to end, needing him to, needing to kill him again. Jesus and Aurora t- uh, make it to the roof without many, uh, many other options left for them. They continue searching for an escape, but they are limited. Angel makes it up there, flinching toward them, which causes them to move back. Jesus and, uh, and Aurora run toward the sign, Angel running after them with the rack. He swats at them, missing as they make it to the top of the sign. Angel goes around as Jesus Jesus assists his daughter down another ladder. He meets Jesus up there, calling calling out to him. He demands his granddaughter to keep going so so he can face Angel alone. She's like, nuh-uh, Grandpa, you suck at fighting. I'm going to stick around. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I actually got one for one, so like, 
you got what zero to two? Like you I know, like, saved like, your uh, life, like yeah. a few minutes ago. So so I'm gonna stick around. Angel approaches him, acting like he's going to just walk away, but starts hitting him with the rod, beating him repeatedly as he tries to hold on the hold onto the clock of the sign. Aurora is still on the ladder. Angel calls out to her to come up there. Jesus calls him. Angel questions what he has to do in order to kill him. Jesus rebuttals that Angel has more to lose, but for him, it is only pain. Angel then cracks his neck, smiling for him to get ready to, uh, for some more. He readies the rod as he's about as um as if he's going to uh, going up to bat inside of the major leagues. Jesus runs at him, tackling him and sending them both flying down to the ground. Fade to Jesus and Angel unconscious on the ground. Aurora comes down there, checking on her grandfather and caressing his face. She activates the device and places it on his chest, filling up the bug with more blood and bringing, bringing him back to consciousness. He gurgles and groans as he stands up, noticing a hole in his stomach. He puts his, ha- his hand inside the stomach inside the stomach or inside his stomach sh- um shedding his bl- his dead skin for his newly reborn one aurora watches in slight disgust he kneels down oh that's what got her really oh yeah none Finally. of the other shit at least there's she's something. like she's like Ew. Not fully dead inside you're right yeah she's like <laughs> can't handle stomachs got it found my limit everybody <laughs> foreheads and noses and my my dad getting his blood sucked out of his chest i can handle all of that um, he kneels down toward her, her, uh, her hand is bleeding as she touches her mouth. Um, she says her first words of the film, calling him grandfather. He shakes his head, fighting his bloodlust, his bloodlust urges, yelling no and ripping the device out of his chest, pulling up a rock to smash it, delivering the last blow, which also begins taking himself out. He weakly leans on the rock, saying his name, I am Jesus Christ. He chuckles as he repeats it, leaving Aurora there to watch over him die. Yeah. Fate Zeus's new form as he lies on the bed. He's stark white as practical as and practically skinless. Aurora comes over to lie in her head on him, it fading to day, and his wife coming into the room to kiss his hand before he goes. Then credits. And then the movie ends. God I damn, this movie is so ending. good though. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. I think this movie is just gorgeous, really fun to like. I don't know, just this world mm-hmm. in general. And I want, yep. I want Guillermo to do something like this again. I truly, yeah, truly I do. Because mm-hmm. goddamn, this movie is just like unreal. But I have some movie facts for us here. Movie facts? Yes. Okay. All of the original Kronos devices created for this film were stolen when production was completed. There were ne- they were never recovered, so the Kronos devices that Guillermo del Toro owns are replicas from their original molds, which art designer Maria Figueroa created. That's horrifying. And, <laughs> like, I, it would make more sense almost if it was today. Like, I'm on a yeah. Guillermo del Toro set, and I'm going to sure. these. Yeah, but that was like this upstart kid who's like, well, he wasn't a kid. It wasn't he? I think he was like thirty, but still, it was yeah. like this. This you didn't know it was going to go anywhere. Why would you steal those? Like, why? <laughs> and May, where like, are they? Like the only they? thing I could think of is like, yeah, like where, like where are they? Like, 
Yeah. Unless it was made from real gold or something. But Or like and as Guillermo del Toro got more and more famous, they were like less and less like, oh, I really can't tell people I took these now. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this one was interesting. The role of Jesus Christ was re- originally written for Max von Sadow. That's that would have been a, a very different movie. Like, yeah. Very different vibes. Did Sadao like, speak Spanish? I don't think so, right? I don't, not that I know of, but there could have been, who knows? Wasn't who knows? he Swedish? He was like Swedish or something. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. For but those who don't know who Max Sadao is, he, he was the priest in uh, The Exorcist. But, yeah. Yes. Um, not as soft as this actor. No. Fred, Frederico is his name. Um, something like that yeah I just don't feel like Max would have given as um, more like I don't know the grandfather like you did give off grandfather but not as uh, right. soft yeah no I agree I definitely agree mm-hmm. yeah definitely not as soft uh, in an interview including on the Criterion edition of the film Ron Perlman talks about how Angel was meant to speak Spanish fluently Ron Perlman tried this but Guillermo del Toro found his reading to be completely unusable so the character was changed to an to an ex- an expatriated American who's uh, so, who so hates being in Mexico that uh, what little Spanish he speaks is deliberately spoken poorly. <laughs> I love you that. nailed it. I absolutely love that. I love That's it. So like great. I can just see Guillermo del Toro. Like they weren't. Now they've known each other for thirty years, but at the time they just like <sighs> met. Ron Perlman was the most famous person on set, and for Guillermo del Toro to be like, oh no. No, <laughs> this is not good. Um, let's rework this. And like what they came up with was amazing. And I'm so glad Ron Perlman wasn't like, I don't know, some kind of diva who was like, no, I'm going, my Spanish is fine. Because <laughs> it, <laughs> it yeah. gave such life to the character, like so many layers. <laughs> yeah, no, it did. It definitely did. Uh in the beginning of the film, walking a dog in front of Jesus Christ's house uh, with his real life wife. It was Guillermo del Toro and his I wife. Didn't catch that dog. at all. I didn't either. But I guess I wasn't looking for it. So yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah. Here, let's do one more. Uh... Oh, this is. Okay, this is a good one. The way Jesus peels the skin off his forehead is actually the shape of a beetle. Oh, that's cool. Fuck, dude. That's so cool. Oh, that is so cool. Holy shit. Wow. That's really cool. Well, anyway, y'all, let us know what you thought about Kronos. You can let us know over on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod. That's night with K. Or you can let us know on our Discord, which is inside of our show notes as well. But the next film that we are going to be covering, which I'm actually not going to be hosting, that's going to be uh, Freddy. I'll still be there, though. In, I'll, I'll still say hello um, but the next one that we are going to be covering which is chosen by our ghoulish knights bliss I am so excited to talk about this fucking movie holy shit I haven't have you seen, seen that Shelby I can't wait to listen oh no. man yes uh, watch that movie and listen and tune in because yeah, it is it I'm is excited. a ride it is a ride <laughs> but <gasps> I need to give a very special shout out to Shelby. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. This was amazing. You are officially our first rotating guest 
You were the oh, first look one. look at me. Yes. Hello. Look at you. <laughs> so thank you so much once again for joining. If you would like to share your socials, where can people find you? Um, you can find me. Uh, you can find my show and all my socials under the same name, Scare You to Sleep. Um, I'm also with the Bloody FM Network. And come Keep check it in the me family. Out. It's a much, yeah, I'm in the family. It's a much different show than this. Very different. Um, <laughs> it is very different, but it's really good. <laughs> <Very different. laughs> Thank it's you. It's still Thank really you. good. Yes. So yeah, um, check me out on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff yeah. in the show. Scare you to sleep. Fuck yeah. Um, and we can't announce it just yet, but Shelby and I, I are know. I wasn't on sure a if we should say anything. Super secret project. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx anything. Me either. Um, but I really want to say something. Um, but just Prince and know I have that been seeing Shelby a lot of each other's face faces recently. That's for all, months. That's all I'll say. For months. For months. For months. Like a very a, a very long time. We've had yes. multitudes of meetings. Because we are cooking something up that we is are. going to knock people's socks off. It is I'm very, very exciting. Very exciting. Send us, send us good vibes. Yes, all <laughs> the vibes. So be on the lookout for that when that gets announced later this year. Um, maybe in a few months. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but what we can announce is that both Shelby and I are going to be at a Midsummer Scream Woo-hoo! together. Midsummer yeah. Scream. So we will be at Midsummer Scream. If you are going to be in the LA area or Long Beach more specifically, get yourself a ticket. Come join us. Tickets are on sale right now. Um, And come join us. Come hang out with us in July. We'll be there for the whole the whole weekend. So yeah, and the earlier you get tickets, the bigger discount too. So get on it. Get on it. We'll be there. And don't be square. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody, though, who does come there. So by all means, come in, come say hi, and don't be strangers. Say hello. <laughs> but we this was Nightlight. I, I might. Who knows? Uh, but this was Nightlight. <laughs> I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights. Alongside me, I had Shelby. Thank you again so much for joining me. Absolute pleasure. With your help, we can reach more Ghoulish Nights with your recommendation to someone who would actually enjoy the show. If your podcast apps allows you to rate the show, consider us giving five-star ratings as it honestly does help us out a ton. For extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's not with a what? K. And remember, everybody, don't forget, 